rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, everybody. Is there anybody out there? Just not if you can hear me. There'll be no more. Ah! All right, I'll stop singing. Uh, my name is Tara Devlin. We usually meet here at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels live every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern, but we are recording this live on 4 p.m. on on June 6th because I'm going to Mike Malloy's Mountain Weekend to celebrate the release of his book called Colored Ice Cream, and I can't wait to do it because what can you what uh, what is the meaning of life other than celebrating with your friends and celebrate especially celebrating their victories i'm very looking very looking forward to it very much and bob kincaid's going to be there the reason i'm recording this show at four is because i didn't want to step on bob's show because bob kincaid records his show at head on live head on dot live every day at 6 p.m eastern so once this show is done today, you should go over there and listen to that show and watch that show. All right, well, my name is Tara Devlin, and it is, it's also good to do these um, different times on occasion, even though on Saturday we all meet, and there's a large crew of people who hang out together, and you can meet at the YouTube channel and the Facebook page. There are people, different groups that hang out there and chat and talk, and they all kind of we all get to know each other so you can join that crew if you tune in live but there's it's uh good to sometimes do a one-off so we can find new audience and maybe they'll be attracted to uh they want they like the show enough that they want to come find us on our regular saturday time slot so all right and I, I'm glad to be doing the show today, but um, before I begin, uh, the, let, let me just say thank you to all the patrons of this show. We're, we are a growing community, and we do need help, so we appreciate uh, your patronage, and I encourage the, to donate uh, if you can. Please become a patron of, of this show. Just go over to the RDT Daily Facebook page. It's at Facebook. Um, dot com slash Republican Dirty Tricks, and there's 150,000 fans of that page. I wish at least one of them, or two of them, if uh, if at least half of them, could become a patron, we'd be set for life. But uh, and then I'd be able to do the show every day. That's that's really my goal. I'd like to be able to do the show every single day, like other talk shows and uh, uh the other thing is because we need to we need the liberal media you're looking at it when you when we talk about the liberal media this is it honey we got we're in this together it's us it's me in my apartment with the cats walking around in the background and it's mike malloy it's bob kincaid this that's the liberal media so you know Become a part of it because when you when you are a patron of this show of Tara Buster, you're not just supporting this show; you're supporting the content at RDT Daily and at the Facebook uh, page and YouTube channels that we that we're able to create more liberal content, be it articles 
original articles, memes, things that we create to keep the our side of this, uh, uh, the right side of history needs a platform. And this is it. Because we don't, I mean, that's really what we're up against. This is, we're, that's the truth of the battle that we are waging. We need the platform. That's why it's, you know, the, uh, we say the American Revolution began in the tea shops with pamphlets. This is the new pamphlet of the 21st century. Uh, the, uh, uh, is a show like this where we can pass around these, the, those crazy liberal ideas like America. That's we we are the true patriots of uh, of this country. Uh, liberals, normal people. It, it really is a battle between normal people and Republicans, conservatives, whatever you call them. Uh, a a conservative by any name stinks. So and they are the heirs of the British loyalists. They want to have the, the it, what, what in their mind, it's sort of like democracy is a dirty word. And, it, and for many years, throughout the most of European history, of Western civilization, of, West, of recorded history in Western civilization, the, uh, the notion of a democracy, that's, that was a dirty word. That was a, a bad idea. They, to have, and in fact, it's sort of like at the, the horrible last episode of Game of Thrones when the, one of the characters invents democracy. So, hey, well, we're talking about ruling the people. Why don't we let the people rule and have a voice? And they all laugh and say, why don't we let the uh, horses and sheep vote too? That really was the, the, uh, the attitude of the ruling class. You had to be... And, and, and that's, that is the attitude of Trump today. He believes that his, his genes make him uh, uh, know things by osmosis. He's just uh, a thoroughbred while we're all nothing but donkeys and workhorses. And uh, in his, I mean, it really is his world now and we're living it. And, and unfortunately, um, it's, it's, a, it's an insult to everyone who fought, bled, and died for this thing, for this thing called the grand experiment in liberal democracy. They, Republicans don't like that. They don't want democracy. That, that is the underlying theme of every single show, that Republicans loathe democracy. Show me differently. If I'm wrong, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong in that sense because... I would love to live in a functioning democracy. That doesn't mean you don't have arguments and you don't have dis disputes. But most functioning democracies, you you come to compromises. You that it, compromise isn't a dirty word. It doesn't make you a traitor. But you but you generally have the same goal, the same idea of making. Uh, let's say a, demo a, a the general welfare working for all to ha of having a government that works for all. That's not the goal of Republican government. They don't want a functioning government. That's why we will never have an agreement. And we're constantly hearing how divided we are. Well, that's by design. And we're not going to be undivided until they get money out of politics. They, we. We get money out of politics until we have had enough of it. And the system is so broken 
that um, it's it's going it's it's going to be the, a battle. It is a battle. We're even battling those who are assuming to be on our side, like the Democratic Party. We have to push them into the positions of of it's uh, not just limiting the the amount of dark money in the system, but getting rid of it altogether, which is, that's what Nancy Pelosi said last week. Well, last week on the show, that's what we, would, we were discussing. Nancy Pelosi on something, I don't know, some, she was talking somewhere, I can't remember now, and that she said her, one of, she was talking about the Democratic platform, and one of the things was to limit the role of money, uh, of dark money, and limit it? How about get rid of it? How about that's the problem? So today I'm 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 sick to my stomach as usual because I, I walk around basically with a knot in my stomach that I can't even believe where the hell we're living and what's going on now. Trump is in Europe commemorating the Normandy invasion, the 75th anniversary of the Normandy invasion, where. 10,000 Americans gave their lives on the beaches of Normandy. 10,000. And their bodies, their young bodies, they gave their very lives for, to, to, against an authoritarian dictator, the likes of which Trump praises. Now, you tell me what you think. If this were 1945 and we were with Trump, if Hitler or whatever, if Hitler is around today in Germany, who do you think Trump would be praising? He would be kissing Hitler's ass. Just like the, the titans of industry kissed Hitler's ass before the, the, we were at war with Germany, they, they praised Hitler. In fact, that's one of of Trump's heroes was was Hitler, and I think, uh, according to many sources, one of the only books Hitler Twitler ever read was Mein Kampf, and had where is this actually? I'm trying to find it, where he had um, Hitler's writings by his nightstand. I just had this article up. It was, I think it was Rick Wilson. Rick Wilson. Trump. I'm just searching right now. Hitler. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, eh, whatever. I'll find it. This is what happens. Because I have 10,000 screens open. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's close to the truth. But I, when, I, when I watched... So today, okay, I don't even know. Uh, how am I even going to splice this up? So today is, D, is the anniversary of D-Day. And I, th and I often think about the the people who have died for this country. Uh, I reference them a lot, I feel, because it is, the, that's who we're, when we fight, when we resist this fascist takeover of the grand experiment in liberal democracy, that is who we are fighting for. That those young people did not have to die in vain. And I think about the, the invasion of Normandy with the, the thousands of ships were filled with young people, some 18-year-olds, 19, 20-year-olds, youth that never got to live, that, were di that died. 
the, that the the flaps of the of the of the transport ships opened and they were cut down dead immediately before even stepping foot on the beach thousands of young people gave their lives to save democracy to save europe from fascism the same fascism authoritarianism that trump is now embracing and this monster goes over to normandy and is has to be celebrated gets to speak at normandy on the to commemorate the the sacrifice what does this what does this con man this wannabe authoritarian dictator ever know about sacrifice he hasn't sacrificed lunch much less a day of service to this country he is a traitor he loves money above all else greed is the only value he knows he knows nothing he, he likes to hug the flag like a hooker puts on high heel shoes to convince dupes to keep, you know, that's why they call it a trick. They trick you into thinking oh, you're, you're in love or something. But that's the same thing. It's Trump and his tricks. So he has to speak. He gets to speak. Meanwhile, he, he's, uh, Europe, the, the people of England hate him. The majority do. Of course, there are, there are, there are hateful morons everywhere. There are dupes and morons everywhere. They're not just here. They're all over the globe. And this is why we have to fight them all over the globe. And we cannot concede an inch. But I feel that we've, we have gone backward once again today because Trump gave a speech. Of course, he's an, he, he, he sucks at everything he does. And just the whole the pa- pageantry, the fact that the, that, they, that the people of England, that the royal family have to come out and that the troops they have to they have to present themselves in front of this draft dodging con man to parade in front of them with the queen it's a it's such an embarrassment and i and it really got me very depressed because i was thinking if this is what unabashed hypocrites we are and we, we can't handle the truth why is he being treated with, with that kind of respect? You respect, oh, the, the, the answer is you respect the office, not the, not the man. Bullshit. Bullshit. You respect the man. In fact, I, there is a, I took this video from online, a, uh, somebody who was in, his name is, uh, where is it? Owen jones he is a writer for the guardian and this this is what he says about respecting the office of presidency or or showing respect for the so-called president that word respect is a funny one isn't it respect i mean why should we show respect to a man who speaks of grabbing women by their genitals why should we show that sort of respect if you like to a man who called for a ban on all muslims entering the united states why should we show respect to a man who separated children from their parents at the border why should we respect a man who is fueling a climate emergency which throws an existential threat to humanity why should we respect a man who insults in the most juvenile pathetic way in a way which would embarrass my seven-year-old nephew uh, the the mayor of london you know why should we respect a man 
man uh, who, who frankly represents, you know, not the real America that millions of people fought for, women who fought for their rights, LGBTQ people, the civil rights movement, but America uh, of, 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 of the elites, if you like, of bigotry. And that point, by the way, about a US trade deal, let's just be clear about what this menace is, and this is why people need to be protesting. We are talking not just about the fact that the National Health Service could be chopped up and privatised and given to US multinationals. The US ambassador made it absolutely clear that the NHS would be on the table in those negotiations. Well, he, said but, he said, he, well, he, he said, he, he said, well, when Boris Johnson, the mini-me Trump is in, and the US ambassador has that position, let's see what happens. The danger is real. But also a race to the bottom in hard-won environmental workers and consumer rights. Okay. That's what a US trade deal means in practice. Again. Yes, so why should we respect somebody who takes a dump on the Constitution of the United States every time, not, not, that not only every time he tweets, but every time we have to endure yet another one of his defying subpoenas or um, allowing Saudis to basically give bribes to him under the table at, at any one of his properties? all over his crappy, gilded, ugly hotels all over this set, this very sad earth. That, uh, and it's, we are, we, why are we going along with this? So, oh, well, let's respect Trump, the, uh, the office of the presidency, because he's the, pre he, he received fewer votes. He does not respect the, the, the sacrifices of all those who died, who fought, bled, and died on that beach in Normandy. Remember how he said he, he, don't, he doesn't like his heroes who, who were captured? What does he think about heroes who gave their lives on a beach, who didn't even get to fire a shot before they were killed in an invasion? What does he think about those heroes? I mean, he don't like heroes who were captured. This is what uh, this is what he said about John McCain, right? I don't like heroes who were captured. Yeah, there he is. He's not a war He's hero. He's a war hero. He's a war Five hero. And a half years He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured. Okay, I hate to tell you. Do you He's agree with that? So there you go. He this draft this draft dodging con man. Now uh, Piers Morgan, who is a big fan of Trump's. Oh, it's it, the, this whole circle jerk of sycophancy is what is destroying the, this, the grand experiment in democracy uh, because of people like Piers Morgan and all of, all of the flunkies on Fox and all the sycophants who just suck ass on this con man who, who is a tax cheater. That, I mean, when you cheat on your taxes, tr Twitler, you're denying the troops. You're, that means that we all, that all of us who don't cheat on our taxes, we're the ones who pick up the tab for this cheat. I mean, there's never enough for Trump, though. And his supporters will say that that makes him a smart person. Well, he says that, too. And his supporters will agree that that makes him smart. Well, don't, don't come crying to us when you find out that Trump and his kiss up kick down budget and his kiss up kick down tax giveaway to the 1% eliminated all of your deductions when you're if you're a truck driver or whatever or a teacher or just an average working stiff then you find out that you have to pay more because Twitler funneled more money to the top 
in this country that has that is the most entrenched when it comes to the uh, well, not entrenched. We are the we have the widest income gap between rich and poor of all nations, including England, that has a fucking queen. Ugh. including France. You know, we don't know, though. This is, this is the thing. Here in the United States of serfs and lords, we're so stupid, we don't even know our own history. We don't understand our own history. So we think that as, uh, as, as uh, I can't remember who, I think it was uh, Steinbeck who said that Americans uh, are, will, will never accept socialism because they all consider themselves temporarily embarrassed millionaires instead of the workers that they, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, instead of the, the work. I mean, we really need to understand as that we are in this together. But the fact is, the, the Republican Party and the, the elite that Donald Trump is the poster child for has all these fake populist, uh, this fake populist rhetoric this, uh, and has a lot of dupes convinced that he's on their side by the mere fact that he is kicking down on people who are a few rungs lower on the ladder. That's how they get them. They are the thing that annoys me the most about these dumbasses who vote for Trump is that they are so easily tricked. They don't understand that they're easily tricked by the oldest trick in the book, which is divide and conquer. And they do it along racial lines. And yes, you are racist. And I don't have to ask, uh, I don't, you don't have to tell me. This is one thing that uh, Republicans in one of their, their uh, meetups and uh, the cease what is that, CPAC, they, one of their, I remember a couple of years ago, one of their, um, what do you call it, seminars that they give at CPAC, all their little groups and whatnot. One of them was, aren't you tired of being called a racist when you know you're not? Could you imagine? That's, you have to have a seminar for that. Are you tired of being called a racist when you know you're not? And of course, it, in, entrenched in that, that title is their victimization. Of, they're such professional victims. Everyone's always picking on them. They're, all, they're never uh, appreciated. And oh, they're just, you know what, if you're not a racist, why does David Duke think you're a racist? You know, it's like, I don't have to think you're a racist, but the racists think you're a racist, and, and they, they all vote for you. The KKK endorses you. David Duke is constantly cheering Trump on, on Twitter he, for all everything that he's do, doing. He, is, uh, he has adopted the rhetoric of Nazis, this nationalist. This is the guy that said, I'm a nationalist. Remember? Well, I don't know. Everybody says nationalist is such a bad word. Well, you know what? I'm a nationalist. So was Hitler. See, he doesn't understand. He thinks uh, it's all about him stirring up his base. And I know he's just a racist anyway, uh, along in Trump's long history of being in the public eye, because this, is, we're, we're, this country is just that sick. We've had him, we've, we've allowed him to, to take up space in our public discourse way, for, for way too many years, just as a clown, uh, for for the most part, and now the clown is at the head of the of this cra this charade, frankly. What and the charade is that we are a functioning democracy. He's destroying us, and uh, so we've allowed Trump um, 
to continue to to do this to us, which is drag us down to a level where we are we're we're going to we're going to be destroyed. This, the, it's the end of a functioning democratic republic, and that is exactly what the authoritarian dictators of Earth want. And Trump accounts himself up as one of them. It's uh, but it's all the while they'll be doing it while while praising. Uh, patriotism and waving the flag as if, um, you know, because Trump is not a populist, that he's a, he, he adopts the rhetoric of, of the working class because he, I mean, but know him by his fruits. Look at what he's done with his tax breaks. So he knows that, okay, now what he's doing with tariffs, I don't 100% disagree. I believe that we need a functioning manufacturing base and that people need to have jobs, living wage jobs. But just giving a, uh, a decree on Twitter is not, does not make policy. And I know that Trump has no idea how policy or need, and the Republicans don't seem to mind that they have a king in the White House. He, and they're all praising him for doing things like his executive orders, for decreeing these things. But the fact is, if he, if he puts a tariff on goods, um, the, uh, anybody can come right in and, and do away with that tariff. The next president can come in and do away with it. And no, no company is going to build a factory on, on Trump's decree. Do you know what I mean? It has to be in, in law. And I do believe that this is how Trump has uh, insidio insidiously woven his way into the working people's, you know, psyche as if he's, he really is on their side. But he doesn't give a shit. He's playing you. He's playing people for dupes. So it's, he, it's, uh, you know, and he'll throw you the, that, extra, that extra bone of racism on top of it. It's not about somebody trying to come here. You know, this is what is so uh, uh, offensive about Twitter just being in Normandy for, for D-Day, for the D-Day commemoration. First of all, you know he would be nowhere in sight if this were, if this were World War II. He, he would love Hitler. And um, if his time was, uh, his daddy would do whatever he could do to keep his little precious grifter, tiny hand son out of harm's way. You know that. Trump is a coward, above all. He is a coward because we, how do we know he's a coward? He's a bully. All bullies are cowards in their hearts. So, but the fact that Trump is out there praising um, you know, I mean, really, it's really about him. And the, the, the what is so, um, it's just offensive because he is, he's giving speeches. Now, today, what was really offensive to me was that the corporate media were all tripping over each other to praise Twitler's speech in, in, at the Normandy uh, commemoration. And because... Because he read a teleprompter, and he didn't step on his dick long enough to call somebody stupid or short or fat or washed up or low IQ or, or crazy or, you know what I mean? Uh, he, he, he didn't, he, but he did sound like a 12-year-old who was giving a book report, and he certainly, he, I don't know what's with his breathing, and you can hear his mouth. He's definitely 
on Adderall. And that's what uh, I've never done Adderall myself as I am in recovery. Adderall was after my time. I probably would have done it. But, um, yeah, I just that dry cotton mouth that he has constantly. And I don't know. Let me just play this. Let's see what we got here. A little bit of Trump's speech at Normandy. Well, uh, you'll see what I mean. It just sounds, he just sounds like, where is it? Where the hell is it? Yeah, I'm sorry. I have all my, my, uh, my videos are not, they're, they're uh, not in order. Because he was captured. Wrong one, wrong one. But we, uh, we get the point. Where is it? Uh, How about this video? <laughs> President Trump is coming, Bobby, Bobby. Um, all right, let me see. What the hell is it? I guess I didn't import it. All right, well, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's something. On these shores, on these bluffs, on this day 75 years ago, 10,000 men shed their blood and thousands sacrificed their lives for their brothers, for their countries, and for the survival of liberty. Today, we remember those who fell, and we honor all who fought right here in Normandy. They won back. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war hero. Five and a half years. He's a war hero because he was captured. He was captured. He was a war hero. Um, yeah. So the the other thing that Trump did was let me see. He hold on, guys. Sorry, something's going on on my computer. God damn it. Oh, yeah. So Trump was saying and in that speech that th this is a battle against good. This is uh, was a fight for good against evil. And I mean, it made me think of the, of this, actually. Where is it? Those are, those are Trump's very fine people. So it depends on the audience, I suppose. And they, there was another, Trump was, uh, was talking about how, where the fuck is it? Anyway, I should leave these videos alone, obviously. They're not set up properly. Oh, here he is. He was uh, talking about a, a specific instance of heroism on the beach of Normandy, but... In the early morning hours, the two brothers stood together on the deck of the USS Enrico before boarding two separate Higgins landing craft. If I don't make it, Bill said, please, please take care of my family. Ray asked his brother to do the same. Of the 31 men on Ray's landing craft, 
Only Ray and six others made it to the beach. <laughs> and six others. There were only a few of them left. Oh. They came to the sector right here below us. Easy Red, it was called. Again and again, Ray ran back into the water. He dragged out one man after another. So anyway, all right, enough of that. That's uh, all we need to know. He, this is teleprompter Trump. There are, two, there are many sides of Trump. We have rally Trump. We have the uh, big baby Trump. And we have Twitter Trump. And we have teleprompter Trump. When he's reading a teleprompter, and somebody wrote that speech for him, and he didn't, he didn't pause long enough to, he didn't ad lib. A lot of times we know that he's reading the speech for the first time because he'll stop in the middle, he'll say, really? Oh, it really is. He'll, he'll comment uh, as he's reading it. And this time, suppose, I, I don't know what was so great about that speech, but the corporate media was going insane over it. They were, uh, and it was really embarrassing. In fact, the, let me just play, uh, what's his face? Um, Jim Acosta. I don't know. I guess Jim Acosta has, he feels like he has to, seem like he's not the uh biased in some form by kissing twitler's ass but it's it was it the it was embarrassing listen to it this. certainly does john i think this was perhaps the most on message moment of donald trump's presidency today uh we were all wondering whether he would veer from his uh, remarks uh go off of uh his script there but he stayed on script stayed on message and i think rose to the moment and as he was talking about those uh, men gathered behind him, he described them as uh, being among uh, the greatest Americans who have ever lived. I mean, that, that uh, could not be more of a fact check true uh, <laughs> if we could have uh, found one. And it, oh, it really God. was one of those moments uh, that I think Donald Trump needed to rise to uh, <laughs> in order to, to, I think, walk away from this cemetery, walk away from this hallowed ground and have, uh, you know, people back at home saying, you know what? No matter what I think about the, the current president of the United States, he said the right thing at Normandy. He did the right thing at Normandy. Uh, he's, he, he really hit all of the right, I think, uh, moments in that speech when he was paying respect to these heroes who are still with us. And I think what, what I got a sense of uh, from that speech, from, uh, from President Trump's remarks there, uh, John, is that we're witnessing sort of the end of an era. Uh, that the greatest generation he hit all the notes he uh, I mean that's all that's it I guess all of the the crimes all of his tax cheating his Putin praising his allowing Russia to interfere in our election his uh, uh, violations of the emoluments clause his uh, his obstruction of justice every all of his crimes and before and after taking the presidency are all it's a-okay because he hit every note that was a was that a stirring speech to anybody who isn't an idiot not not to me i feel like i was embarrassed for myself and and my country that this tax cheating tax dodging draft dodging potent puppet is representing this country after the the past couple of years of complete embarrassment and uh it's the in fact tearing down of all of the of our nato alliances all of 
of our democratic alliances for the sake of Putin. Because everything that Trump has done, including with his warring with all of our NATO friends and all of these uh, tariffs and whatnot, they're all somehow uh, f falling right in line with Putin's agenda. So um, his praising of Duterte, his uh, praising of Kim Jong-un, of saying how Kim Jong-un uh, smiled at him and called Joe Biden low IQ, as if that actually happened. Except, I mean, maybe it did happen. I mean, when he says he's winking and smiling at Kim Jong-un, you know, I mean, those two are, uh, that's what I was saying last week. <laughs> I was like, it sounded like he wanted to, uh, that, like, you know, that he wanted to fuck him or something, you know? So, I mean, it's, this is what we're dealing with. And then the, the corporate media, and now even this, this, the obsequiousness continued on Morning Joe. Well, this is the Morning Joe crew. All I will say uh, of President Macron's words uh, and challenges to the president, I also, David Ignatius, am glad that the president chose to have the discipline to stick to script uh, and deliver That's what, it? again, I believe was the strongest uh, speech of his presidency. Really? And there was one especially beautiful moment. And I loved the thought because any World War II documentary you see, um, any Vietnam documentary you see, when the interviewer starts talking about them being heroes, they will tear up and they'll say the heroes were the ones that never came back. Well, President Trump what said about the that ones that's who were captured? These, these heroes were saying the heroes were the ones buried here behind us. And yet he went on to say, to talk about the remarkable life that was created by this generation, who Tom Brokaw called the greatest generation. And you can take the ending of Saving Private Ryan, where Tom Hanks' character said, to mm. Private Ryan. Of course, these are all movies, right? This, I mean. as he lay dying on that bridge. That's what this generation did. They earned this. Well, I, I thought uh, President Trump uh, hit uh, pretty much every note uh, right in this speech. Wow. Uh, it was well written. It was, we, it was we really well delivered. don't. It doesn't I think take he much. He came here understanding that this was an event that required him to tell the American story. Not Donald Trump's He's story, telling me not, not, not a personal uh, evocation, but something about uh, what really resonates through presidencies, through generations. And we, we heard it. And as we heard the president tell the stories of these veterans behind him and that frail uh, rising to, to, to receive the applause of the audience, I think all, all of us felt that President Trump on our behalf was thanking these brave oh now God. old men mm. who came here uh, 75 years ago. Wow. So today oh, my God. It's, uh, this, is, this is what's happening, and this is why we're in so much trouble, because we, we don't even see the light. We, don't e we, we allow this traitor, this Putin puppet dictator-loving traitor, to read a teleprompter, and that's that's it. It's great. We're all it's all good. No harm, no foul. As he 
is he is a disgrace to everything that all those men and women well you know the men in normandy who stormed normandy everyone who fought bled and died for democracy all those who gave their lives on that beach all of the those people sacrificed for the uh, antithesis of what trump is doing to this country of his muslim ban and his uh, his you know, his dictator envying authoritarianism. And in fact, I just read today another thing that he's doing on the 4th of July. So now we have, in, uh, in a couple of weeks, the, the uh, you know, it'll be the 4th of July, which is traditionally a, our, our national holiday. And where the, the uh, I was going to say, obviously, it's a traditional national holiday, but I mean, traditionally, the politics um, are left at the doorstep or whatever. You le- it's a, we all celebrate regardless of your political persuasion. It's not a Democratic holiday. It's not a Republican holiday. It's an American holiday. Now, Trump wants to change this holiday. He wants to give a nationally televised speech on the 4th of July and at, at the Lincoln Memorial, can you imagine who the fuck is this fucking, this, 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 sh- I mean, it is a, he is a P.T. Barnum. He knows how to put on a show. He wants, he, he's moving the fireworks to behind him after he gives his speech. How dare he do this? And as if it's a, poli- like it's a political platform for his reelection campaign where he will re- receive fewer votes and still squat in the White House. So, um, let's see. According to the New York Times, the President Trump, so-called, in my, uh, uh, has sought to stage a military parade through the heart of Washington only to be thwarted. Now he has settled on the next best thing. He will take over an existing patriotic display in the Capitol. The Trump administration has ordered major changes in the traditional 4th of July celebration that draws hundreds of thousands of people to the National Mall each year. With Mr. Trump personally taking the starring role as no other president has in modern times. The mayor's office in Washington said on Wednesday that it had been informed that Mr. Trump intended to address the assembled crowd from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. His speech would presumably be televised to the nation. Where the the fuck do we live? Is this Kim Jong-un's North Korea? That's what he likes. He, He envies that kind of power. He wants everyone to kiss his ass. He would love it for our homes to be blasted in with the televised, uh, of the you know, with the state, uh, national, you know, in North Korea, they have radios, like, embedded in their walls that have the, you can't turn them all the way off. You can only turn them down and just have nas- their propaganda blaring through it 24-7. And that's what Trump wants. I mean, we do kind of have that. It's called Fox News, but you do have a choice in that matter. So uh, maybe it's not really in some parts of the nation where anywhere you go, if you go into a business or whatever, you'll, they'll have tr- fucking Trump TV on. But um, this is a problem. So let's see. The mayor's office in Washington said Wednesday it had, it, that it had been informed that Mr. Trump intended to address the assembled crowd from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. His speech would presumably be televised to the nation. I just said that. Critics 
said the move would transform what has for decades been nonpartisan, a, a nonpartisan unifying event into a political rally for a divisive president. Yeah, divisive, you think? And they're all talking about, well, this is a divided nation. We're so divided. Will we ever come together? Here's how we come together. Take money out of politics and get rid of those who are the slaves of the money and politics system. Because that's how we'll get rid of all of these leeches that are sucking on our body politic and making us sick. We will, if, if there's no reason for them to be in government other than to make the trains run on time or promote the general welfare, then they'll get the F out. They'll go into, they'll, they'll have their corporate cocktail parties somewhere else. They'll figure out another grift. Uh, because that's all it is. The only reason a Republican gets into uh, public office, they're, they're not in there to promote the general welfare. They're in it to m enrich themselves and their friends. That's it. They're not in there for altruism. In no way. Trump is not uh, the so-called president because he really cared about this fucking country. He hates this country. He hates everything about this country. That's why the minute he got into office and he uses his power to start tr changing what it, the very definition of what it means to be an American from our documents in the naturalization and immigration uh, uh, service. They changed the mission statement that where it, where it describes the United States as, as a nation of immigrants. They took that out. They don't like this country. You see, we are a nation of immigrants. There's nothing you can do to change that fact regardless of whether you want people from Norway to start pouring in. Because those people from Norway, they're not smart. I mean, they're, they're, they're not smart. They're too smart. They're too smart to come here. They're happy where they are. They're the happiest, a part of the happiest people on earth. The 10 most happiest countries on earth are the democratic socialist countries. They have regulations and they have uh, the regulation to ensure that they remain free and democratic. In fact, the in, last week we were talking with Mar Ron Placone, and uh, where one of the things we looked up uh, was in the in the press freedom rankings. Um, of course, the United States has fallen to like number forty-seven or something. And all of the, uh, and it's ironic or not ironically, unironically, those uh, in the, um, the democratic socialist countries, Norway, Finland, Sweden, Netherlands, Denmark, Switzerland, New Zealand, are the, also the top, uh, according to the happiness index, the, are, the, are, always, are always ranking in the top 10 as the happiest, the happiest nations on earth. And they are also uh, the number one, um, according to the World Press Freedom Index, is Norway. And it's, he, I think Norway is also, let me see, happiness index. Index, rankings, uh, rankings. I believe that Norway, I'm not sure if, Nor I think it's Finland, actually, now that I say it. But I know it's all, uh, we're not even, we don't even crack the top 10. And we also are, according to the press freedom ranking, let's see, where's the United States? 48, I was wrong. It, I thought it was 47. It's 48. It, it, we're below Romania, Chile, Tonga. 
you know, you're thinking about these African countries that are all corrupt. Botswana, Italy, Taiwan, South Korea, the Czech Republic, Trinidad, Papua New Guinea, Slovakia, Slovenia, the UK is number 33, France, South Africa, Lithuania, Spain, Cyprus, Ghana, Liechtenstein, Latvia, Nambia, Samoa, Australia. I mean, it's we we are we're like way way down. Who's below us? Let's see. Senegal. OEC OECS. That's the Arab, right? Uh Guana, Fiji, Belize. Yeah, who's number 0? I mean, what's the Oh, Turkmenistan is number 180. North Korea, of course. I can't believe North Korea is not the the last China. Yeah, well, they, I mean, Trump loves China. That's what they want. He wants, he would love that here. He, he believes that the, a free press, a free and independent press that, that criticizes him, that reports the truth about him, is against America. That means you're against this country. That's what he believes. And I, don't, I honestly don't know if he actually believes that or he knows that he, he wants us to believe it. And he knows that people are just stupid enough to believe it. Uh, there's one thing that Trump can count on, and that is the stupidity of the American people. Of a lot of Americans are really dumb. They will vote for him. And I, uh, I, I just can't believe... The And last week, actually, we played a clip of one of his supporters saying why she loves him. It was uh, because he's a self-made millionaire. He, he received a million dollars from his father, and he, he turned it into billions. She, she knew his whole origin story, the, but his, his origin story is a lie, a complete and utter fabrication. And... But she, she wants to believe it. I mean, he played a reality. I mean, he played a successful businessman on reality TV. That's all he did. They, and they saw him in his boardroom going, you're fired, you're fired. You're f-. Uh, that looked very authori- that looked authoritative. They, they wanted a big daddy to save them from the scary, complex world of others who are trying to get to this uh, so-called nation of immigrants that want to be free. And the, but Republicans are there. They, I, I mean, they really are, and they've done studies they, that they are, the, the conservative mindset is attracted to hierarchy because they are fear-based. They, because the hierarchy in their, in their minds or whatever, uh, it saves them from, it makes sense of the world. The world is big and scary and has a lot of difference and different cultures. I mean, that, that, that to them, that freaks them out. All the different cultures, oh my God, like somebody's wearing something different and they believe in a different spook, sky spook, and they, uh, they like different music and they eat different food and they don't, they, that, that upsets them. Because in order to, to learn and know new things and have different people around, you have to, I guess, have an intellectual curiosity. And these people, they, this is why there will always be a, a base of 35% of people who will, who will love Trump no matter what he does. Because I think in their minds, no matter what, no matter the truth about him, that they... 
are they're they're lulled into this false sense of Big Daddy's gonna save me, and he is uh, that. That's why so many people are attracted to authoritarians, and that's the authoritarian personality. Um, that's not what. That's not the personality that created this country. The, the in fact, the, it was the liberal age of enlightenment. This country was birthed out of the Enlightenment, where there, for hundreds of years, there were radicals who dreamed of a world without kings and, and aristocracy, that w people can rise on their own merit. That's what this country is supposed to be, right? We're, and not like the, the country that the Republicans are creating. What they are doing is setting up another aristocracy, an intergenerational aristocracy. Just getting rid of the estate tax is proof. You know them by their fruits, right? They're all supposed to be, they love the Bible. Know them by their fruits. Just un undoing the estate tax says it all right there. What is an estate tax? It is a tax that, uh, of course, uh, they're liars and they say, oh, it's about saving family farms, which is bullshit. And they, but so they hire Frank Luntz to come in and, and rebrand it as a death tax. Who likes death? Nobody likes death, and they certainly don't like tax. So put t death tax together, and they got their perfect storm of idiots clapping at a Trump rally when he says, I repealed the estate tax that 1.00001% or whatever will, will pay. The, I think about 200 families in this country paid an estate tax. And that means it's only the top, 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 top 1%, not even the, the rich people, beyond rich. The, 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 the uber wealthy paid an estate tax. And it was an estate tax is to prevent an intergenerational aristocracy. So you can pass on your fortune to your, to your heirs, but it's not tax-free and up to a certain percentage and it used to be commonly understood by all normal people by all patriots true patriots on both democratic and republican because they used to be republicans that weren't just fascists but the for instance teddy roosevelt was a proponent of the estate tax and explained it's of course the bloated fortune is that's how he described it was uh is needs to be taxed at a higher rate because it's not, you're not earning that money. You're just handing it to an undeserving heir, let's say, like a, like a Donald Trump Jr. So this mother effer can uh, just accumulate more wealth upon wealth. And this is how we create an intergenerational aristocracy, the kind of, the, uh, of aristocracy that the founders fought a revolution to escape. So this whole thing was created as an antidote to that kind of bullshit that the Republicans are rebuilding in this country now. And they're doing it. They think, oh, uh, that this, this is, that's, that's America. They will brand it with America. They're good at branding. I'll give them that. Be Republicans are very good at branding because they don't have anything else in reality to boast about. What can they boast about? Who are they? They always talk about Reagan. That's another thing that pisses me off. In fact, Nancy Pelosi was in, uh, she was also in Normandy for the, for the commemoration of the 75th anniversary of the invasion. And she mentioned 
something. Uh, let me just play this clip if I can find it. Of course, I've been having trouble finding all my clips today for some reason. This is why I ask you to donate, to become a patron, because it helps. Maybe one day I'll be in a studio and we will have a, you know, I'll have somebody, when I say, can I please have the Nancy Pelosi video from um, Normandy, it'll just play instead of me going fumble, 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 trying to find it. So, but here's what Nancy said about Trump's speech in Normandy. Country right now, do you worry about the politics right now, impeachment and everything else that's on the, on well, the table, and how that can further divide us? Well, I'm, again, with all due respect to your question, I'm not here to talk about impeachment. But I do say that on the subject of our veterans, we always strive to work in a bipartisan way. So this is nothing, not a departure from what we set as a standard. Wherever we can, we try to be as bipartisan, nonpartisan as possible. That's a comfort to the veterans. What do you hope the president's message will be here today? Oh, shut up. What hope, do you want to hear from him? I hope he says I'm well, I uh, that resigning. It be a message of of unity. A message a, a, a of message unity about how we, the the unity that we had at that time to defeat, actually to defend civilization. There was a lot at stake in that war, and people came yeah. together, all different Same kinds thing of that you know, Trump from different is rebuilding uh, here. countries Fascism. in Europe, and they were very different from each other at the time. There was no European <laughs> Union, so hopefully. Uh, a, a renewed spirit of, uh, of collaboration and recognition of our dependence on each other. My favorite. Okay. Well, enough, Nancy. But uh, yes, she hopes that Trump has a unifying message. And uh, I, mean, I don't understand how we can pretend one day. So, so we can pretend that Trump is a normal president giving a normal speech. And, but he's he needs to be impeached, that he's a criminal. We, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's pick it. Pick the lane and stay there. He is an illegitimate, unfit, 72-year-old toddler who has no business judging a wet T-shirt contest at the Jersey Shore, much less leading a modern nation. So um, I, this, whole, this is why I fear that the Democrats are going to do it again. They're going to blow it again. They do not understand that they don't, they don't know how to fight, frankly. You know, they don't know how to fight this fascist bastard. They need to fight him and, and address him and, uh, as the, the disgrace that he is. So, he, um, of course, Trump over in, uh, in, in Europe is he, she, he's constantly attacking the the democrats he was attacking he did the same thing he went on laura ingram's show and he attacked nancy pelosi and robert Mueller as uh he said Mueller was a fool and nancy pelosi was a uh i i think he called nancy pelosi i don't know a disaster or something well i have the clip hold on do you mind if he testifies still before you said he didn't care I, Mueller I, testified. Let me, let me he made such a fool out of really he made a fool because what people don't report is the letter he had to do to straighten out his testimony because his testimony no was it was but nancy pelosi i call her nervous nancy nancy pelosi doesn't talk about it 
See, that was that's in Normandy, too. So all of the, oh, we don't criticize each other on foreign, foreign soil, that's out the window. But then Nancy sticks to that because in her mind, she, she, uh, she believes that somehow the American people are going to hear on Fox News just how Nancy Pelosi took the high road somehow. Instead, um, no, they're going to hear that there's a witch hunt against Trump. And whatever Trump is saying, even though it's not the truth that Mueller is a fool and that he had to come out and make a statement because he had to clear up what he was saying, that's not why he made a statement. But that is why the reason he made a statement was because Barr, that uh, Trump's attorney general, his own Roy Cohen, was uh, lying to the American people and misrepresenting what the Mueller report said. The Mueller report did not exonerate the uh, 72-year-old toddler squatting in the White House. Not at all. And it did say, and it's, it, it, what it did was it gave it to Congress to do something with it. He said if he could have exonerated the president of, for, for the crimes that he committed, he would have. In fact, that's uh, what he was saying was that the president committed crimes. And they, they couldn't do anything about it because there's some kind of Justice Department um, memo that you can't indict a sitting president, which is bullshit, frankly, but whatever. And that's, what, that's why Mueller gave a statement, not because he was, had to set straight what he said. This is what Trump said. And, what will, and now all of the dupes on Fox News are going to believe that. Because they don't hear any other side of the story. This is why Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats need to fight this bastard that, that he's saying that his Hope Hicks and all these other, these other fascists that get to meet with the queen, goddammit. Uh, not Hope Hicks, but, you know, all of them. All of the embarrassment. Did you see t- Trump's tuxedo? Mike, he, can't, he looks like a, he can't even, does he, can he get, can he get a tailor? For Christ's sake, he can't even, um... You know, he's got the nuclear codes. You think he's got the number for a nice tailor? But they, um, this is what we're, what we're up against. And uh, Nancy Pelosi is th- her pretending that Trump is, some, is a legitimate president for five minutes on, on the show there. Like, just, just her, her saying that, oh, I hope he gives a unifying speech and... What she should be saying, if this were a functioning democracy, first of all, Trump wouldn't even be there in Normandy because he wouldn't even be president. He received fewer votes with the help of a foreign adversary. He is a unfit traitor. And also, what happened in Florida? First of all, they, they, we know for a fact that the Russians hacked voting machines in Florida, but we, we, we the people, can't get any information on it because they're keeping that private. Why? Why? They're keeping it. Why shouldn't we know? Because we have illegitimate presidents. This is the second illegitimate Republican president in my in uh, the past. Well, in my lifetime and in the past how many years? This the George Bush. And now this we every president that uh, that in the past 20 years, that's a Republican has received fewer votes and is uh, shrouded in the cloud of illegitimacy. And we just go on pretending. And Nancy Pelosi goes on pretending. What she should have said 
first of all, okay, if he made it over there in Normandy, she should have said, well, you know what? He is uh, under the crowd, under the cloud of criminality. And a, uh, he is, uh, you know, I don't know what he's going to say. I hope he doesn't embarrass us like he does every single day. I hope he, uh, and it is an embarrassment. I, let me apologize to the, the people of Europe for all his tweets and injecting himself into your into local politics constantly and insulting the mayor of London insulting his height like he like a 12 year old no offense to 12 year olds because at least 12 year olds grow up but that's what Nancy Pelosi should have said it should be a, let's let's play this note man not not let let's change the tune is he a crook or not He's a crook. Okay, we know that. Stop pretending he's a legitimate president. Oh, he won. He won on the by the rules. Bullshit. Well, those rules, ironically or not, were created to give the South more say in their ability to hold other human beings hostage. So, typical. That's how the so-called president is squatting in the White House. He has no mandate. He is a he received fewer votes, and in fact, Hillary Clinton received more votes than any other president in how many years? I don't know. She received more votes than uh, Obama did, and he won in two landslide elections. So we're 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 under the uh, authoritarian thumb of a traitor who, in the meantime, while he has power, he's what is he doing with it? He's in, he's entrenching the more uh, uh, of his pals in power. He's, he's stacking the courts, so we will have no, we'll have no ability to do anything about it when we try to uh, confront his crimes. He is, a, he, is an ex, he is a clear and present danger to the livable, inhabitable planet with his complete denial of climate change constantly and his inability or his unwillingness to do anything about it because he, he wants to please his Saudi friends and all his pals in the oil industry, they will take us to, they, uh, the, the, you know, they'll, they'll, they'd rather uh, kill us than lose a dollar. I mean, um, and so they all, you know, Republicans are always about, oh, innovation and... Uh, and competition will innovate us the hell out of your uh, the, the grips of foreign oil, for Christ's sakes, or oil in general. Get us off of this, this archaic energy system where Trump is embarrassing us again, saying it's, you know, conflating climate change and weather. Oh, my God. Why am I? See, this is why I'm uh, I'm red. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean communists. I just mean my complexion. I have a, uh, uh, I'm a uh, my, what do you call it? My blood pressure is rising. I can't believe, this is why when I watch this go on, when I not watch Nancy Pelosi act like um, Trump is normal uh, oh, at one minute and then turn around and say, oh, uh, well, we're working on it. I, I, the other thing, actually, what I want to say too the so Nancy Pelosi doesn't I know I'm supposed to take a break okay I'm supposed to I'm just gonna keep going right now I might take a break in a couple of minutes I usually take a break halfway through but let me just finish this thought and um so Nancy Pelosi let me just pull up her Twitter feed she said she 
of course, so a lot of people are, are, are calling for Twitler to be impeached. What is, if, if we went through this Mueller report, the, we know he's a, cro- a, a crook. We know he was a crook before he became the so-called president. He's a tax-dodging cheat. He's a, he, th- how he made his money, well, the, uh, from, um, he's, not a, he's not a self-made millionaire. He received $250 million from his father, from his trust fund, which he bankrupted six times over. And he created fake invoices to, so he could charge his father's uh, fortune um, and t- dodge taxes. So he created this, this um, him and his, his, other, his other, his sister, who was a, who was a judge, and... Um, you know, his siblings created these fake inv- they created a corporation they created fake invoices they charged daddy's trust uh, their their daddy's business so they can get money out of dad so they could siphon money out of daddy's business tax free without having to pay their fair share to you know, to the military to the schools to make the trains run on time to the general welfare and the well you know what i mean so this is when they say they love america they hate this country they don't want to pay. They talk about people who are takers and uh, that people aren't, uh, they don't know, they're not working and they're not paying their fares. You know what? These people are the biggest takers that, uh, and more than anyone on welfare, I'd rather have somebody on welfare who at least spends the, their welfare check in the economy to keep the economy going than some grifter like Twitler who siphons money out of this country and does nothing with it. What do they do with it? They go spend, they put it in a Swiss bank account. They spend it on, on golf courses and, or to buy politicians and corrupt government for the more ill-gotten gain. And this is the problem. So, you know, he, this is, so, so Trump created these fake invoices and siphoned money out of daddy's trust fund. And then... They used these inflated invoices to justify, to go to the government. So here in New York, we have uh, rent-controlled apartments. They use the fake invoices to go to the state to say, we need to raise the rent of these rent-controlled tenants based on the phony invoices. That's who they are. That's Twitler. That is your, that's your so-called uh, populist savior. If he was such a populist, he was so, so, he's cared so much about the working class. You think in the 70 freaking years before he squatted in the White House, there would have been one instance of him being a populist, caring about the people, doing something for somebody other than himself. Other, no, th- but there's not. There's, but there's plenty of records on, on the record of him of not paying contractors, not paying workers, firing people, uh, attacking tenants, waging a campaign of harassment against uh, tenants, uh, some of them on old people on Social Security, the part of this greatest generation that he's, he's in Normandy praising that all the corporate media are having hard-ons over. That because he, he, he read a teleprompter, and he read it like an asshole, too. He, he read it like an Adderalled teenager who doesn't know the, who didn't read the book. <sighs> so Nancy Pelosi, um, she, I saw some tweet, this was the other day, <clears throat> excuse me. She 
always like, oh, today we passed the the American Dream and Promise Act in the House. So Nancy's um, Nancy Pelosi's um, strategy, let's say, in the in the in the House is to continuously pass things and then to tweet about it and say, oh, look, this is what the Democrats are doing. And, of course, everything is going to the Senate to die. That's what Mitch McConnell is. He's the, he's the gravedigger of American democracy. That's, that is not he, – he, he has adopted that moniker proudly. But the, a, a historian, a, a Holocaust historian uh, – what's his name? Browning. His name is Browning. Something Browning. Let's see. Gravedigger – Digger Mitch. Let's put see what comes up. Yes, uh, Holocaust historian. What's his name? Yeah, I read a book by him. But, yeah, so this is what uh, it, his name is, Christopher Browning. That's right. Uh, this He's a historian of World War II and the Holocaust, and he compares um, Mitch McConnell to the to, um, let's see, what does he say? Browning, a specialist in the areas of the Holocaust, and World War II era Europe isn't arguing that Donald Trump is moder- is a modern Adolf Hitler, but he does argue that certain stress factors in the society and the international order appear to be reemerging and that these patterns portend troubling trends in the United States and the world. And there is a one figure in American politics that Browning does see as relatively direct and troubling analog to a crucial World War era figure, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the Kentucky Republican, is becoming the grave digger of American democracy, Browning wrote, a role played by, played for Germany beginning in the 1930s by President Paul von Hindenburg. So, okay, so anyway, that's what, what, what Nancy Pelosi is doing is passing bills in the House and then tweeting and, and trying to get press about it, saying, oh, look at what we, we are still working for you. And then they go, of course, it goes to the Senate to die. All the Senate is doing now uh, is passing, or they're, what they're doing is fast-tracking Trump's ideologue, uh, unfit, unqualified, loyalist judges into lifetime appointments on the court. And that's that's all the Senate has been reduced to under Mitch McConnell. He he's I hate I hate him so much. Like I just saying his name, I feel a uh, a sense of I I feel a knot, my knot in my stomach just twist. He is the uh, to call him the grave digger of American democracy. I mean that is there you go. It, honestly, it's it's worse. He he is a vile scumbag on top. I mean, they all are. They all are. He knows what he's doing. And in fact, we saw recently Mitch McConnell said that he would. What would happen if um, if uh, he had the opportunity to place another Supreme Court justice next year? You know, in the in the election year. Remember how we couldn't get Merrick Garland on the bench because. It was an election year, supposedly. And, of course, Mitch McConnell, this, he, he says, well, of course we'll seat him, with the sly, knowing, devil smile. Be- his, he, he knows what he's doing. He is a scumbag. 
These people hate this country. You understand? They suck. They suck so bad, okay, at being decent human beings. They could never get by if everything was equal. This is how bad, this is how much they know they suck. You see what I'm saying? If they know, they know that they suck, that, that's why they have to continuously rig the game against anything, anybody, and entrench their power by any means necessary. That's, they know they suck that bad, you understand? If they didn't, they would just be, you know, they wouldn't be in government, first of all, if, every, if this was a functioning government. Mitch McConnell wouldn't be anywhere near it because he would be out there somehow grifting somebody out of their retirement fund. He, that's what they do. They don't give a shit. You think he, I don't know, what is wrong with the people of Kentucky, really? You keep sending this this vile turtle looking fuck to the to congress because why you like the the fact that he kicks down on immigrants and poor people when you're all a bunch of poor people who are one generation away from the boat you people make me sick you kentucky assholes voting for these republicans again and again what is wrong with you because you don't like brown people. Read a book, for Christ's sake. Get a passport. I mean, I know you're probably too poor. I don't, I, no, no offense. I get it. But that's because you continuously vote Republican. Vote against your own interests. You're probably on, on uh, dope. You're fucking, you can never get, you know, they're just about to kick you off Obamacare. So how are you going to get your, uh, your, you can't get treatment. Half your friends have died of overdoses now. You keep voting Republican, you know, because maybe when you get a judge, you'll, you'll uh, you know, uh, you'll get in front of the judge and he'll, uh, he'll, he'll give you a break because you're a white guy. It's ridiculous. I don't understand, um, but it's really racism, honestly. When, you co- when it comes down to it, scratch the surface of any Republican and it comes down to racism. They really have, an, they have a twisted view of this of society in general they think that oh we're working we want the american dream i actually just saw something that a bunch of truckers were complaining on i think it was on msnbc probably i was watching these these uh commemorations or whatever and they were talking about trump has let them down because trump you know he, he likes to go into a truck and go beep beep boop boop you know play like he's a big man and uh and beep beep you know he wants to because you're a dupe to him see look look at me beep beep i'm a trucker right i'm look at me i'm president right that's him but they they lost all of their um their they in the republican tax giveaway to the one percent they in order to give it to the one percent they had to take it from somebody else and then who are they going to take it from they're taking it from uh, us all of us, the working class, because it's not enough for them. See, we were already the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap between rich and poor, but that wasn't enough for the Republicans. They want it all, you see. They want it all. That's it. The end game is the end of democracy. It is fascism. It is authoritarianism. And Trump is just, that's why they love him. They want him. They don't care what he does, that he's an embarrassment, that he praises dictators. Now they're all pissed off because he's talking about a tariff. They, because that's the, they, they're the ones that sent your jobs overseas to begin with. 
They don't want your jobs coming back. They don't want you being too uppity and, and saying, hell no, we won't go to your war of corporate aggression. They want you nice and, and uh, malleable. They want you to be able to, hey, shut up. If you don't like it, go die. Go take some heroin and die because you're not getting any treatment because, you know, hey, uh, health care is a privilege and you're just a junkie. Right. All of a sudden, the Republicans are all, oh, we worry. You know, when Trump was on the campaign trail, he was all, all uh, I worry about opiates and, oh, it's a real terrible thing. It's a real terrible thing. Even the strongest people can be, get addicted. Meanwhile, then he gets, in, gets into office and then uh, uh, he goes back on all his promises. He starts taking What do you, how do you, how, when you take health care from millions of people, how are they going to get treatment? For their addictions or their or their drugs to get them off addi- or their addictive substances or treat or or psychological counseling or whatever, what do they care? These are people that celebrate when they kick people off of healthcare. They have a fucking party in the rose garden. But so anyway, what I was saying about Nancy Pelosi. So that this, that's her um, her her strategy is to can say, hey, we just passed the this act or that act or the dream or the protect the pre-existing conditions act or the this uh, or the dreamers protection act or whatever, and then it dies in the Senate. But 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 for some reason, Nancy Pelosi's uh, reticence for beginning impeachment hearings is the fact that. It's just going to die in the Senate. So why the fuck is she doing anything anyway? Why is she passing any of these bills if she knows it's going to die in the Senate? You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. So she's going to pass a, a dreamer protection, a pre-existing condition of protection, or, the, or whatever protection, and it's going to die in the Senate too. So it's sort of the same thing. Open impeachment hearings against this criminal. But we're, it's not going to – this is why we're going to lose. This is why I feel that the Democrats are setting us up again for a loss because this, they don't fight. We don't fight for the, the freedom and democracy the same way those people, those men who stormed the beaches of Normandy, what were they, what were they doing there if not for this moment? To, to fight a fascist, authoritarian, wannabe dictator who is squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes and is corrupting government and, and turning this government and, and, and the Treasury, he's got his, his mouth around the Treasury like a fucking lamprey. So what, what is that? Why did they sacrifice and we're, oh, because oh, we're all, now let's all get together and feel unified? We were unified fighting fascism, the fascism that these right-wingers are praising. We have a, a so-called president that praises Nazis marching through the streets of this country. He calls them very fine people. We're not out of our minds. We saw that with our own eyes. We saw him, and now he wants to take over the 4th of July? Like, he, like he's Hitler. You see what I'm saying? That's a Hitler move. He wanted a military parade to sh- to, so he can get a hard-on with his smaller-than-average Mario Kart-looking dick. And, uh, but now, you know, he wouldn't wear the uniform when his time, when he was called. He had a deferment. He's a fucking liar. I'm sorry I'm, I'm cursing a lot, but whatever. It is 4 o'clock. I know. <clears throat> I should calm down. But that, that's another thing. So when he was on 
speaking of lies, he was. Oh, he gave a he gave a a, a uh, an interview with Piers Morgan, one of his uh, lick spittles, and he he talked about his deferment of because uh, he now apparently. Let me just see where the hell. Um, he said that. Um, the thing that annoyed me, I'm just trying to find the article here. Let me see. Trump, Piers, Vietnam. Um, yes. He was on Piers Morgan and show, not on him, but metaphorically. And he said that, let me see, bone spurs. Trump steered himself, this is from the Washington Post. Trump steered himself around service in Vietnam by obtaining four student deferments and one medical disqualification, something to do with bone spurs in both of his heels, which uh, it is, we know that Trump, Trump's daddy paid a doctor to write a, the, a, a medical report saying he had bone spurs. Bull, like, who cares? Like, that would have stopped you? If you had a desire to serve... You would have served. I was in the military myself, and I have, and this is something that would have disqualified me. I have screws in my knee. I have two screws. I broke my leg when I was young, and they had to put it together with screws. They, I didn't mention it. I wanted to serve, and I served with my screws in my knee. If he has bone spurs, he, he's just a coward. You see, he didn't want to serve. Period. He wants to serve himself, and he continues to do it, and we continue to let him get away with it. So he says, uh, according to this interview, he said, I was never a fan of that war. I'll be honest with you. I thought it was a terrible war. I thought it was very far away. Like, that's, like, you have a choice. You know, Iraq is very far away. Iran is very far away. And this scumbag is drumming up the, the, the war in Iran. He, he's doing everything he can to send people to die in Iran for no good reason. And uh, so he says, uh, let me see, let me see. I'm never a fan. It just, are you kidding me? Now he's a conscientious, uh, conscientious objector? See, the, he's a coward. He's too cowardly to be a conscientious objector. If he was a conscientious objector, I would I, at least, he, that shows some some spunk, you know, that shows he has a heart. He has, he has some courage. Put your money where your mouth is. Do, uh, if you're a conscientious objector, fine. That's one way. Uh, you don't have to serve it. I'm not saying you're, nobody's a patriot. People aren't patriots who haven't put on the uniform. That's, that's bullshit. That's a bullshit kind of way to think. In fact, we should be more um, open to saying, hell no, we won't go to your stupid corporate war of choice and um but the he, he now all of the sudden he's like nobody ever heard of the country uh, and now he says trump has long said he was against the war oh yeah he didn't believe in it who we don't believe in iraq a lot of people you don't have a choice you don't have a choice uh, so he didn't believe so that's his his reason now and uh but the thing that really irritated me about the um about the question, too, was that the fact that the way that Piers Morgan framed it, he said, 
you you got out of serving in Vietnam because of a a bone spur issue with your feet. That's not true. And here we go. You see what I'm saying? Now we all believe that, that this is the story that's out there. Trump's lie becomes the story, like his origin story, like he got a $1 million loan from his father. Instead of saying where this Piers Morgan sycophant lickspittle should have said, you got out of Vietnam using a fake medical deferment that your father had paid for at a, uh, some, sh- some shammy doctor to write up for you. And that's the, that's the reality. Why are we so afraid to speak truth to power? That's speaking truth to power. Other than that, Piers Morgan, he, he, I know he likes to say, oh, I will, I will spend, this is what actually, where is this? Uh, I'm looking at his, I'm going on Twitter here. Piers Morgan. On Piers Morgan's Twitter page, he writes, my New Year's resolution for 2019 is to be just as annoying, argumentative, and insufferably right about everything as I've been in 2018. Zero apologies in advance for uh, to all the PC crazed snowflake imbeciles who will be hor- horrifically offended by absolutely everything I say or write. So he's going to be annoying, argumentative, and insufferably right by s- continuously spewing lies of the elite and upper class. So yeah, that's why that's why people hate everything you do because you are part of the problem, and. So is so so is everybody that plays along with this sham that some that Trump can give a speech. Suddenly he gives a speech that he doesn't call anybody fat or stupid or short or ugly. And everybody's uh, patting him on the back. He embarrassed us uh, around Europe once again. And how how long is it going to be until he he praises a dictator till he he'll, or something of, of, of the sort. And he's a disgrace. And not only that, not only is he an embarrassment, he is, he's a criminal. And in the, in the, if we did one tenth of everything that was laid out in the Mueller report, we'd be in jail right now. Like the 20, how many people went to jail? I think it's 20. Oh wait, how many, there's 27 indictments. And four guilty pleas, I believe. I don't know. I, who could keep up? We, it's constantly changing. I mean, it, you, it, I know that um, there were in 27 indictments, and there were a few ch- crimes, uh, charges for um, conspiracy against the United States. Those were the charges in all the, that Trump's inner circle were, were charged with. I mean, not one in all of Obama's eight years, not one indictment, not one charge for conspiracy against the United States. When all the while, the Republican Party, they, they on the night of his inauguration, vowed to obstruct everything that Obama did for political gain, to, to cause the American people pain. Because remember, when Obama took office, this country was, the economy of the country was in a free fall. We were hemorrhaging 750,000 jobs a month. And Obama came in 
and started the stimulus and tried to to rescue the country from a second Republican Great Depression. Oh, why did that go up there? And um, so the uh, and that's the what the Republicans try to rewrite history. Of course, that's what Trump tries to do. He's saying, "Oh, I inherited a mess. The economy was a mess. No, it wasn't. We have we are in a ten-year upward." trajectory. So Trump is riding this wave. And the last thing we needed in an upward wave, what we needed was some stimulus for the for the lower class, for the working class, because they're really there's no where's the middle class? What is middle when you're when you have the widest income gap between rich and poor? Where's the middle here? It's we don't have a middle class. We have work the working the working class, the working poor, and the 1%. So either you're, uh, I mean, enough is enough. It's let's stop fooling ourselves and, and in this delusion. And that's why it feels like the, the, this is another, I mean, whatever Trump did. So he gave a speech and he didn't, um, he read a teleprompter. Like he read it badly too. He sounded stupid. He, he, he has no emotion. He's not a real person in, a, in the sense that he doesn't have real emotions. He is a sociopath, a malignant narcissist. So he's, he doesn't, uh, when he's trying to feign um, feeling in the speech, it's, he sounds stupid. It sounds forced. There's, he doesn't care about these men who charged in on, on, on the beach and said, oh, uh, if I don't make it, take care of my family. He doesn't give a shit about them. He has no feeling for them. I mean, talk, he doesn't care about his own family, much less anybody else who says, take care of my family. Oh, my God. It's true. In fact, actually, speaking of his family, it just came out that the this was in um well i'm looking at it in salon but where was it that donald trump's wait hold on something on my face uh donald trump's draconian prenuptial agreement with his second wife Mahler maples revealed in a new report the prenup shows trump's one hundred thousand dollar child support payments for daughter tiffany would stop if she joined the military that's how much he loves the military she, if she joined the military, that's how much he praises the military. Now he says he's, he's making up for his lack of service in when he dodged the draft uh, by giving more money to the military. We, the, the American military is already, already has too much money. We, the, uh, the budget of our, our military is more than the next, every other country combined. So... Um, we, it wasn't depleted. We were fine. Nobody was, nobody was going to start attacking us. We were safe. Don't worry about it, Trump Trumpanzies. You can, you can come out of, your, out of your fruit cellar now with your tinfoil hats. It's safe. Nobody's coming up. We're fine. But, I mean, what we, I mean maybe you might. You might get shot at a movie theater, though. But that's, all, that's Republicans for you. They, they're so afraid that they, they fund, they want to pour more money into this uh, imperialistic, militaristic, uh, industrial complex 
than they because they love you know the the American people. They want to keep us safe, except for when you go to a movie theater or when you go to school or when you go to the mall or something. You don't you can't be safe there because of freedom. You know what I mean? Freedom. You're free to die in a bloodbath, but they won't do anything about that. But that, well, that's because we have money in politics, you know. So, uh, and thank goodness Nancy Pelosi wants to limit the influence of dark money in politics. Not get rid of it, but limit it. <sighs> this is what I'm saying. This is why I, when I watch these. The, the ceremony today, I just, I thought, we're doomed. We're doomed. The, and those poor people who died, think about them. They, in 1940, uh, what year was it? When, well, in um, 45, on D-Day, they, these young people that six, well, not 16, well, how old? 18, 19. 20 dead they are they are lying in their cold graves young forever young and all this while it really hits you home when you see the veterans at d-day at the commemoration how old they are you know they're in their 90s now and then they're and many of them will be passing away but the they gave their lives. They, all, everything that's been going on, that the people going to the moon and the, and the Vietnam War and all of our ups and downs as a society, Reagan, Reaganomics and uh, the wall, all, everything. While all these things were going on, they, they were lying in their graves. They never had a chance to live a life, to see who knows? Maybe they never, some of them never fell in love or never, they never got to have a family. They never saw their, I mean, I heard when I was listening to a, a lot of stories of the veterans who survived the invasion and the carnage that was on the beach and that people were, who were dying were crying for their mothers. It really, really, it touched me, uh, and I, and I thought this is why we fight. We must fight, and to, to, to allow Trump to get away with his crimes, is a disservice to all of those people who died, and for us to pretend that it's okay to have dark money in politics, just a little. Just a little dark money in politics. That's not okay. Not any, not an iota, not a dollar of, of dark money. Why do we have corruption built right into the system? And they call those, that, that generation that fought World War II, the greatest generation. Well, you know what? The greatest generation were socialists. They were democratic socialists. They, they fought, they didn't praise Nazis. They fought Nazis. They didn't praise fascists or, or call them very fine people. They fought them. And, but they also voted for FDR's Socialist New Deal and four landslide elections. They were the most progressive generation. And in fact, ev- uh, the greatest, when we, we have a time in American history called the Great Prosperity. 
And that was the time from World War II to Reagan, when the middle class was thriving, when we had 35% unionization, and we did have trade and tax and tariffs in place that protected American manufacturing. And we, uh, that's how we promoted the economy from the ground up. We uh, also had a top marginal tax rate of 90% and a very strong um, estate tax. These things protect democracy. So when it's not a surprise when you have a country, when the people are complaining, uh, when you have the, oh, we're so divided, we're so divided. We're divided because of the fact that they have deregulated the media and this, by, by the, well, who, who deregulated? It was Bill Clinton, Reagan started it. But Bill Clinton put the coup de grace with the Telecommunications Act of 1996, and that allows that allowed Fox News and shows like Rush Limbaugh and all these silos of information. It set up silos of information, and it also concentrated ownership. So we built up the the corporate media became a thing. We didn't have this before. So instead of it, it's a dangerous. It's dangerous to have um, a, a corporate media because you have these corporations, let's say GE owning, I don't think GE owns it now, but I think it's Comcast, but GE used to own NBC and they also owned weapons manufacturing. So, they, so you're not going to have um, GE, uh, a news corporation, or let's say, uh, reporting on the news of uh, whatever it may be. That's bad for their bottom line whether it be uh, anti-war sentiment or uh, they're not going to report the truth. They're going to, that's why uh, during the Iraq war, in fact, the buildup to the Iraq war is when you think about it, I, I'm sure historians and uh, media critics and communications theorists are going to look back at, at the buildup of the Iraq war as the greatest failure um, that we've ever seen when, in regard to the corporate media just beating that drum, that whole, uh, you know, uh, shock and awe, how they played it up, how, oh, they tried to stir this patriotism to get the American people to, to be on board with a war against a country that had nothing to do with the people that attacked us. In fact, um, who, who attacked us? It was uh, Saudis, 19 hijackers. 17 and 19 hijackers were Saudis. They, these are Trump's friends. Jared Kushner's pal. The people that they, they allowed to get away with dismembering a, a journalist. Who, who, an American resident. On top of it, what do you think those who gave their lives in Normandy would say about a fascist wannabe dictator protecting the, a, a dictator's crimes against a free press. And any American who votes for, for somebody like that, you're a traitor too. You're a disgrace too. You're, you're in bed with that. You're in bed with Saudi dictators who murder journalists. Journalists, the, uh, the only profession enshrined in the Constitution that you profess to love. This is why I can't stand conservatives. 
What is it really? And that's why I say it's really racism when it comes down to it. You're so easily duped and, and selfish and fearful. I, I mean, it all goes together. Because when they're talking about, oh, I, 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 I'm not going to vote for Trump. This is when I, was, when I was saying earlier about the truck drivers who were complaining that they lost their deductions. Now, they, one guy said he had to pay $8,000 back to the government in his taxes, more than Trump paid, I'm sure, ever, because uh, in comparison, yeah, right? Be, uh, uh, because he, they, he lost, the, they took away, the Republicans took away deductions. Well, because, well, you don't have a lobbyist, right? You're not rich. You don't, you, what do, what do they care? When the wants and needs of working people have a statistically insignificant effect on government policy, you think Mitch McConnell is, is staying up at night worrying about you, truck driver? No, he's not. He's laughing at you and how easy it was to get you to vote against your own best interests and, your, and vote for your own demise. All he had to do was say some, some really outrageous, well, allow Twitler to get away with his outrageous racist remarks and sexist remarks, right? So they were complaining that, that he, this guy was saying that he um, lost his deductions and all the truck drivers, they, they used to be able to deduct their lunches and different expenses, gas and whatnot. And also, it's true with teachers too, which is, that's another thing, which is a disgrace that we have teachers that have to uh, buy, buy supplies for their class and then they, the Republicans come in and, and remove that deduction? The, what kind of a country? Is that the country, is that a kind of country that really cares about its citizens, that really wants an educated populace? Is, is that a ruling elite that is cultivating a, a democratic society? Of, of educated people, because we knew when the founders fought a revolution, they, they understood and they, they said, Thomas Jefferson wrote about it, how we needed an educated populace. In fact, one of his, uh, he founded the University of Virginia, and that was his um, crowning glory, he considered it. And it's the only thing he put on his tombstone, founder of the University of Virginia. Not not uh, writer of the Declaration De- Declaration of Independence or none of that. Just he founded the University of Virginia, so and as a free university, and he also said if I can uh, something about if uh, if I had to choose between a I can't remember how he said it something about a free uh, a free press and a free go- uh, having a government with a free press. Some, or no government and a free press. You know what I'm trying to say. He said, I would choose a free press and no government with, you know what I mean? Because the whole, the bottom line is you need, the, the population needs to be educated. But, but Republicans understand that. Conservatives know that. That's why they have their propaganda channels. So you have a, and they have their authoritarian daddy who's telling everybody, don't worry about it. Don't listen to anybody else. And we have Republicans, right-wingers, trump Um, I saw uh, at the rally attacking at all these trump rallies, these Nuremberg rallies that he has, attacking the press, screaming at the press, giving the finger to the press. Why? Because they're telling the truth about your daddy? 
your your dictator daddy who sucks at business, who who couldn't deal himself out of a paper bag, who's played by dictators and authoritarians all over the world by the mere uh, strategy of flattery. That's who. That's what they do. You don't have to be a great, uh, you know, you don't have to be somebody who's like that clever. All you got to do is flatter him. And um, anyway, so that if you vote for him, you're an, uh, you're you're a traitor. You're a traitor. You're somebody who is in league with Nazis. Everybody who died in Normandy. You, you're, you are a disgrace to their memory that you vote for, for somebody like that. Oh, because you thought he was going to what? Kick Mexicans out of the country? Well, that makes you a traitor too. Because we are a nation of immigrants. And let me see your family tree. I doubt you go back to Plymouth Rock. And even still, if that's the case, you're a freaking immigrant. I doubt you're a Native American. I never forget these um, right-wingers, these idiots. There's a Native American congressman. I can't remember his name, but they, they uh, have him. Uh, they, they have it on video. Him, uh, I think I wrote an article about this back then. But uh, Republicans, these right-wingers attacking him, asking him if he was legal. Okay, a Native American. Are you legal? Are you here legally? That's how stupid... They are, because he's brown, you see. This, they know, Donald Trump knows his audience. He knows they're stupid. And you got to be. You ha- because to think that somebody with a, with a lifelong history of being a douchebag is suddenly the champion of your rights, your, of, of the people, you are a sucker. Sucker. All day sucker. So, anyway... But uh, a sucker was born every minute, just like P.T. Barnum said. And Trump, Trump is the P.T. Barnum of politics. So let's see. I, I wanted to say this. Uh, let me see. So Trump, because I, I brought it up that Mahler Maples. Um, let's see. She was she was bullied into signing a prenup. The plan, let me see. Pre- Trump's newly revealed prenup agreement with his second wife, Marla Maples, provides a new window into how the former real estate mogul, who ha- he's not a real estate mogul either, okay? He was put on a, he sucks at business because he sucks so bad and he, he lost money for the bank. He was put on an allowance by the bank. They forced him to, to sell his, the holdings that he had because he couldn't pay them. And that's why he had to go to the Russian mob. All right? So there you go. So he's, he's not a mogul. He's just a, he's a grifter who always, who always seems to get away with his crimes. And I guess Nancy Pelosi's going to let him get away with it again. And then we, what are we going to have? We'll have another, uh, another four years of this? We can't handle it. They all have to go. And it's not just Trump. That's the thing. When I say it's a peach Trump and peach, um, all of them, because well, uh, the 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 thing that fear that I fear the most is the fact that if let's say, it's not just Trump. See, this is why Joe Biden is is wrong, and that's another story. I wish I had another five hours to go on about him, but 
he because uh, he was saying, oh, the Republican Party, they'll see the light. The, the problem is, is the whole party. They allowed this to happen. They pushed this asshole on us and they continue to keep him there. They enable him. It's no, they're all complicit in this in the fraud in this in this attack. And uh, so, anyway, whatever. I lost the I lost my space. Where was I? See what I'm saying? I have five thousand windows open, <clears throat> and I was gonna read the Marla Maples things, but apparently, uh, uh, and let me just paraphrase it by memory. He forced her to sign a prenup, and um, said he would he would not pay child support if if Tiffany joined the military. Um, why? Because he loves the military so much, right? And anyway, whatever. I'm sure. And Mala Maples had to sign a non-disclosure. This is uh, who? Who is this asshole? That if you're so great, why wouldn't you want people to talk about you, especially your closest friends and lovers? And because we, he knows we. He is a sham. He's a horrible human being. He's a waste of human DNA. And that's what is so offensive in general about the, this whole thing that's going on in this world, that we are allowing him to continue to get away with it. He is not fit for this office. Enough. Enough is enough. Let's stop pretending that he is. Nancy, Democrats... Enough. Fight. Fight for your life. Like, like those who stormed the beaches of Normandy, fought for theirs and ours. We're sitting here. We're allowed that Europe is free. Is a democratic... They're a, uh, the, most of the nations in the European Union are democratic, right? They're all except, well, Turkey, right? Is, but, you know, all, uh, those are Trump's friends. But... They'll, they died for, to, to save Europe from fascism, the fascism that the Republican Party is inflicting upon this country. And they're doing it. We're divided. We've never been so divided. Well, stop allowing a Putin puppet traitor who received fewer votes with the help of a authoritarian, his authoritarian buddies in Russia who hacked our election, stop allowing him to get away with his crimes. Um, enough is enough. We're divided. We should be divided. I'm, I, you're definitely tr right. I'm divided against idioc the idiocracy, against fascists, against morons who are uh, in the pocket of traitors, who would vote for a traitor, who think that, uh, who, who aren't smart enough to realize who the hell he is, who, who don't, I mean, I don't understand if they think everything is fake news, that the truth about Trump is fake news. What about the last 20 years of all his bankruptcy or the last 40 years, his entire history? What about all the years and years of him uh, attacking people on fixed incomes to harass them, to kick them out of his properties so he can raise their rents or uh, on the next sucker who lives there or every uh, of not paying contractors, of stiffing workers. What about that? 
They, those were all, that's all fake news too. We went back in time for fake news. These people make me sick, fake news. You should be ashamed of yourself talking about fake news. And you call yourself an American? See what I'm saying? They, those men who, who stormed the beaches of Normandy, they died for a free press. You pieces of wastes of DNA, of human DNA. You, you sycophants, you lick spittles of a, of, a, of a con man, of a narcissist. He's not even a clever narcissist. He's a run-of-the-mill ignoramus who can't even spell, who doesn't know, who, who the, 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 the insults he can come up with is, you're fat, you're short, you, you're, you're, you smell. Well, I mean, what is this? This is why they died? Get the fuck out of here. That's why all those people, those young people, forever young in their graves, in their cold, lonely graves, who were crying for their mothers when a Nazi shot them, were they died so you can call, uh, what, Macron weak or um, praise Kim Jong-un, praise the type of fascists, the type of authoritarians that those men died to protect us from. Trump is the clear and present danger of this planet right now, and nobody should be fooled. And Nancy Pelosi needs to stop playing nice with the snakes, all of them. And that's why I think Joe Biden is the worst candidate. If, if he is going to be the candidate, I hope not. He's already making the same mistakes. He's apparently plagiarized his climate um, plan, which he had to drop out of the, his, his prior, uh, what do you call it, presidential race, because of plagiarism. What the hell? So if you got to plagiarize your climate plan, you don't got a climate plan. That means, oh, let's just throw something together because you don't give a shit about it. But Trump is a present, clear and present danger. In fact, he was uh, talking to Piers Morgan about climate change. How he, he was praising Prince Charles because he really cares about climate change. And that shows you what a good person Prince Charles is because, you know, he doesn't really have to care about anything because he's the prince, right? He's rich. So he, got, he doesn't get it. See, Trump is in awe of that. You mean you care? That means he cares about future generations. Why do you care about the future? You're going to be dead. That's what Trump thinks. I'm, I mean, you're rich. You don't have to care about anything. Don't care. You know, dump your shit any way you want. You're rich. Do what you want. Exploit people. Exploit the planet. Pollute everything. Who cares? Why would you care? I mean, it's, it's like unfathomable to him. Oh, my God. All right, guys, I'm sorry for some of the technical problems in the first half of the show. And I only have a minute left now. I wish I had more minutes. Wish we had more min- minutes, minutes. Anyway, guys, um, I'm going to the Malloy weekend uh, so that's why we recorded the show early. Thank you for hanging out every, usually every Saturday evening. And if you're new to the show, please, please check us out and um, give the show a good review on iTunes. Become a patron. That helps keep us going. Otherwise, there won't be a show. There won't be an RDT Daily. There won't, I mean, I'm telling you, that's the way 
it I won't be able to do a show. That's just the way if we don't have patrons. And uh so until the until then, um I'm gonna keep doing as much as I can. But I need you guys to meet me halfway and uh and become a patron. All right. So what else? I'm also going to be on this, uh, it's called the Minds thing. Oh, I see I'm a really bad uh, commercial talker. I'm a bad commercial talker. Where the heck is it? It's called Minds, New Jer- M-I-N-D-S. And I'm going to be one of the, uh, one of the, pres- the panelists. I'm going to be talking to, it's about fostering dialogue. And it's on, it's in August. And uh, go to, I'm looking at the, it's on the top of my Twitter page at Real Tara Devlin. It's at IRL.minds.com, New Jersey. Use the code TaraBuster for a discount on tickets. Hopefully, I'll see you all there. In the meantime, I'll try to get better at doing that commercial. Anyway, as I always say, we stick together, we win. Remember, when somebody talks about the greatest generation, remember to remind them that the greatest generation were socialists. They fought fascism. They didn't praise it. They didn't praise Nazis as very fine people. They fought them. And they saved this country from the type of authoritarianism that the Republican Party is inflicting on us now. So we stick together. We win. We have to win. There is no other option. So uh, my name is Tara Devlin. Keep strong, keep together, and I will see you next week.